What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Deep Dive Sports. I am Nick, and I know I've been gone for a while. You guys probably haven't had my, heard my voice about in a month, but I went on a honeymoon, took a little bit of vacation, and uh, bought a house, so I've been pretty busy. But I just want to uh, welcome everybody to the first ever episode of Let's Talk Sports. This is going to be a new regular show that we're going to try to do every single week here, where we just kind of go through the big sports topics that happen, you know, across all sporting. So, the show is going to consist of a weekly rundown of just a few topics that I wanted to go over. Then we'll get into our main section here. Um, this week, we got Dom, Dom, David, and John with us today. And then we'll go into our famous double take segment that we took from our Ohio verse show. So to start it off is just our weekly rundown. Just a couple of um, cool things that I kind of saw in the media over the past couple of weeks. But I did see a video of a guy walking around um, giving people the option to either take a dollar um, or get courtside seats to a WNBA game. And most of the people took the dollar. So I guess for you guys at home, like, you know, comment, how do you think that that makes a WNBA feel? And then how do you think that they should fix this? Because that's a pretty big, um, I guess, a pretty strong feeling that people have, you know, towards the WNBA that they'd rather have a dollar than courtside seats to a game. So um, and then the other thing that I saw was that a lot of people are debating now whether or not if the Warriors win the championship this year, if people should start, you know, putting Steph Curry in that debate with LeBron, MJ and Kobe. Um, so I don't think that he should be in the debate for the top three, but I do think he should kind of slide into that debate for maybe top 15. But let us know what you guys think. Do you think he should be in the debate for that top three or maybe you know, in the same conversation as those guys? Or where do you think that he lines up if they're able to win a championship this year? But getting into our main topics, we're going to start off with our first topic. David's going to join me on this one. And this is actually David's, you know, question that he brought up. And I think it's really interesting about, it's about sports video games and, you know, how they're so popular in the world today. I think he has it as they're the most popular games in the world. So, you know, I'll kind of let him take the lead on this one. His questions in this is, you know, what's what makes it popular? What are the most accurate sports games? And what are the most inaccurate sports games? So kind of answer that question there at home, guys. So, David, what do you got for this one? Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring this up because, like you mentioned before, sports video games are some, not all, but some of the most popular video games out there. I think that it's so popular and people love to play sport video games is for a couple of reasons. One, they get to play as their favorite team or players. Two, they can build their own dream team of sorts through the games like fantasy or dynasty section that most modern video games have where you can set the own, your own rules, your own regulations, stuff like that. And it gives the fans a way to play the game that they love, even though they weren't able to play the game in college or professionally. So for me, I honestly think that not many of the games are actually the most accurate to the actual sport itself. However, if I had to choose between either, I would probably go with 2k or fifa mainly for the pacing of the sports themselves however i'd like to end on this i think why many of the sports video games are often too inaccurate is because it sometimes super stretches the human's ability to actually do something yeah i mean definitely i think honestly though 
a lot of people kind of, you know, take shots at EA and stuff like that. And they have produced some, some pretty crappy games as of late, but for the most part, I mean, it's probably as close as it's going to get, you know, to playing a video game compared to real life at this point. You know, I don't really know how much closer we can get, but it's definitely interesting. And I do agree. I think pace of play is something that is super important when it comes to playing games like FIFA, you know, when it comes to that comes to football and then basketball. But, you know, I think Madden, sometimes they're it's a little bit clunky, but in the past, I think that they you know, football games in the past were always something that we could look to that were probably the closest um, in play-wise to the sport. Obviously, over the past couple of years, it kind of slipped in gameplay. But, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I think another thing that people love it, like you said, it's just kind of branching off of the whole, you know, you get to play with your teams. But a lot of people, you know, don't get to go pro. A lot of people, when they're kids, they have dreams of playing professional in in whatever sport that they love playing a video game in and they just don't get the opportunity to do that so to be able to immerse yourself in that game and and take control of of something is i think appealing to people and and that's the reason that they're so popular is because you could you could be a golf star you could be a nascar you know star you could be a soccer star you could be a football star and that's and that's something that you know they just didn't get in in real life so but moving on to our second topic here with David, and again, we're going to kind of talk about some sports, but I don't know if you guys have been hearing about the new golf, I guess, tour that's out there. It's going to be the Live Golf Tour. Um, it's backed by Saudi Arabia Money. Basically, my understanding of it is that a bunch of really wealthy people in Saudi Arabia got together and were like, we want to put on our own PGA in sorts um, and they kind of changed a little bit of the rules or doing things a little bit different and they have poached a lot of the talent well a lot of the middle tier talent from the PGA circuit so David you know do you think that this could rival the PGA or do you think this is just something that they're doing for fun because they just have that much money honestly it very much could be them just having some fun for giggles and all that because they have the money to spend. <laughs> They're like, yeah, let's just have some giggles. <laughs> so, but, and if I'm like coming from a genuine aspect of it, like assuming they are doing this for the long term, I think that right here, right now, I don't think it will, at least at first. There's several reasons why I think that in due time, Live Golf can actually rival the PGA is because of one, they're planning on taking everything that everyone already loves about golf and picking up the pace. So they reduced the field down to 48 people and they split those 48 people between 12 different teams. This allows for a little bit more competition because there's not like 60 or 70 plus people on a tournament that they'll have to eventually cut down after two rounds of golf. Now I can see the, uh, the team aspect of this being an issue because sports like golf and tennis are more about the individual players than the team side of things. However, we know that teams in more individual style sports can work because if you take a look at racing sports like F1 or NASCAR, that those usually have more of an individual aspect to it, but all those individuals are part of a certain team. 
And finally, in this little section that I have, there's no cuts. So the fans get to watch whoever their favorite player is the entire match, essentially, whether it's good or bad. And then just overall, the average fan. I think that this will make the game a little bit more fun for the more casual fan of golf. Not only to want to play the game more, because oftentimes that's how the average fan plays golf is best ball, but to actually want to sit down and actually watch a game from time to time. Mainly because one of the big issues for golf is the pacing and the fact that not everyone knows the players in the sport itself outside of the big names like Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson or Arnold Palmer. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like the fast paced play. And honestly, I mean, we know that there's money to back it, so I don't see it really going anywhere anytime soon unless it really just flops. I mean, mm. they offered I heard they offered Tiger like a billion dollars and he could barely hit a golf ball. So <laughs> um, I think really right now they're just trying to get name recognition. So, yeah, we'll kind of we'll keep track of it and uh, maybe we'll bring this topic back up, you know, in a, in a month or two and, and see how they're doing viewership wise. But definitely interesting and a lot of money is backing it so they they have the finances to stick around for a while and and try to um draw in a lot of a lot of talent over the next couple years so moving on to our next topic our next two topics are going to be a little bit more fun we're going to bring dom in on these ones for this first one i just kind of you know wanted to get a fun topic here you know with summer in full bloom in ohio you know, what's everyone's favorite, like, backyard barbecue sport they love to play with their families? You know, when you're having a backyard barbecue, what do you guys do? Uh, we'll go ahead and start with Dom on this one. Uh, wait. Hey. Hey, hey you're muted, buddy. Can't hear you. <laughs> Still can't hear you. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and uh, start with David then, since Dom's having some technical difficulties. So, David, what's your favorite backyard barbecue sport you love to play with the family? <laughs> uh. So I would probably have to go with cornhole, like go to for me and my family. Either that, or if we're up by the lake, we probably go fishing while food's getting cooked. I don't know if that's a backyard sport, but okay. I I do love some fishing. I do love some fishing. Cornhole is a, is a classic. I would have to say like outside of cornhole, I think probably one of my favorite ones is I, I love a good backyard family football game. I think that that is a, mm-hmm. To me, that's always fun. It's it's hard to get the buy-in, get that many people to, to do it. But once you get the buy-in, it's definitely uh, it's definitely worth it because it's fun. I, I love playing some backyard football. I don't know. Uh, sorry, guys. Dom Dom got a new computer, so he's definitely uh, <laughs> he's trying to figure it out. I think he messed with his settings. <laughs> oh man, you're putting us behind, man. Come on. We probably should have done a tester episode with his uh, new laptop. Yeah, that's okay. Whatever whatever you did to your settings, Dom, go back and uh, reset it. I don't, I don't know what you did, but you uh, you messed that one up. All right, everybody. I think we got Dom back. He's figured out his uh, computer, you know, technology nowadays. But, uh, Dom, what's going to be your favorite backyard sport, man? It's definitely cornhole, and anyone that says it's not cornhole is wrong. So, Nick, you're wrong. It's definitely cornhole. No, I, I said I like cornhole. I said my my other my other go-to would be football. Mm-hmm. I, I think cornhole is definitely like that's that's gonna be the game. You know what I mean? I think one day if I have enough money, maybe I'll just put a bocce, a bocce pit in my backyard because I, I I I think I like playing bocce now and going to the I'll give you that one. But okay. bocce is not really a, a a common 
American barbecue backyard. Oh, no, kind of no. No, I was just I was just saying things that I that I like to do. That's what we like to do. Obviously, cornhole is is an Ohio staple, so that's that's what we I gotta mean, have. When it comes to backyard barbecue games, cornhole is the best. Yeah. <laughs> well, let us let us know what you guys play at home in the backyard. I mean, I know I know there's someone out there playing darts, so uh, let us know who you are. <laughs> All right. The uh, second fun one that we got that's gonna have Dom and David on here is. You know, I just threw in here, I was looking at some, I think the Colorado Rockies released uh, their like mountain uniforms. And I was like, yo, those were, those were pretty clean. Those yes. were pretty sexy. So I was like, all right. So I threw this question in here, guys, like, you know, what is everybody's like favorite, you know, top three, top four, like uniforms of all time. You know, I was going to do like the past couple of years, but Dom was like, do all time. And I was like, okay, We'll do all time. So we'll go ahead and start with Dom on this one. I think uh, his computer is going to work for this one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in, in no specific order, that um, I just kind of in my notes, I kind of wrote down what were their what were the first uh, uniforms that popped into my head. Um, my the first one I wrote down was the Manchester City third jersey from 2009 to 2011. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's like a white shirt with black and white stripes going across. Um, diagonally with the, you know, the logo on on one side and then the um, Nike logo on the other, just clean. It's nice. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I think it's one of the best Man City jerseys of all time. Um, second one is the 2018 Nigeria World Cup jerseys. Now, if you guys haven't seen these ones, I suggest you look them up because they are absolutely amazing. Like they're they're one of the most beautiful shirts I've ever seen on a soccer field at, at any time. It's amazing. Do yourself a favor and go look it up. Also, shout out to our World Cup video on our YouTube channel, by the way. Go check there that you out. Go. There you go. I like it. Um, <laughs> the next uniforms that I have, um, not a Yankees fan, but I can appreciate a good uniform when I see it. Um, the Yankees home uniforms are probably some of the best jerseys in all of sports. Yeah, that nice uh, was that the nice pinstripe? Mm-hmm. That that yeah, pinstripe with the the Yankees logo. It's just, yeah, it, it, it's classic. I mean, yeah. in any if you look up, you know, best uniforms in all of sports, you know, there's hundreds of different websites that give their list. The Yankees are either number one or number two on like all yeah. those lists. It's funny because like it's it's just so simple. You know what I mean? It's so simple and so clean. I think that's what that's what gets a lot of people. It's just classic. It's it's. Yeah. It's simple, but it's got, you know, some character to it. It's not, it's not trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, David, uh, what, what do you got? What's your favorite uh, uniforms of all time? Okay. So the two primary ones I chose, I had to go with the 2019, 2020 Cleveland Cavaliers city jerseys that they had. The designs that they came up with, that was actually really, really cool. And I had to go with the 2012, like Seattle Seahawks home jerseys. Um, just super clean, super simple. And then I threw this last one in because it's the only reason why I'm putting this kind of like towards the back end of it is because they're literally a brand new team. And it's the 2021-2022 Seattle Kraken jerseys. If you actually get the chance to see those, those are sick. They're awesome. Whoever designed those jerseys, they deserve a raise. because they were phenomenal. We got a Seattle Kraken fan here. I actually got to see their stadium. I was on the outside of it when I uh, went to Seattle for my honeymoon. 
it was a, I mean, it, it wasn't like crazy cool on the outside, but like, um, it was in, it was in a park that, um, it was in like the same park that had the space needle and, um, there was the Chaluli exhibit there. So it was kind of cool. There's a bunch of stuff to do around it and everything. So it was kind of, a I cool think they renovated around. the old, um, supersonic the old, stand. Yeah. The old key arena. Yeah. 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 It was, it was pretty cool. It was, it was a fun time. Well, my favorite uniforms of all time. I'm obviously going to go hit up, you know, my my favorite football team in the Steelers. Obviously, their color uniforms. Jerseys. Don't you dare say those Bumblebee jerseys. Oh, hold on a second. Listen, their their color the Steelers color rush uniforms are probably some of the cleanest and best uniforms in the NFL. I just I love the all black with the yellow stripes. I think that that black and yellow combination is just sexy. And uh, just for Dom, that Bumblebee uniform is, is probably one of my favorite. It, it's definitely like a classic to me. Every single time they wore it, I'm pretty sure that they they played really well or got a win. So Maybe crying. <laughs> those 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 pants are a little rough. I, I wish they went with like the a, a black pant, but you know the, the pants are your complaint. Love 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 a good cream colored pant. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, the other uniform that I really like is going to be the Ohio State University all grays. It's pretty. It's a pretty clean one. I really like that one a lot. With the, uh, and then on the helmet they got the uh, red Buckeyes. Um, so I just I really like that. And then one that's a little bit more sentimental to me is gonna be the. I think it's the 2010, 2011 around the area when Steve Nash was still on the Suns. It's gonna be those uh, those Suns uniforms. It's gonna be the white with the uh, purple down the side. The purple stripes on the sides. Yeah, yeah. Those are just and. That's kind of where, um, you know, obviously I'm a Cavs fan. I love watching LeBron James, but I, I love Steve Nash. And he kind of, you know, fostered my love for the Phoenix Suns a little bit. Um, and and just those uniforms are just classic too. And then just a fun one is, is just the Savannah Banana kilt uniforms. So I <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I love watching their videos online. And then, uh, you know, I, I just, those uniforms, when I saw those, those are crazy. They got like the the bright green socks. They have the the black and yellow kilt with the, the white uniform and the the yellow banana across the front. I just think that that's. I, I hate cool. that you took a, a serious topic. We were giving you serious answers. And then you come in here with the Savannah Bananas. This topic, it's favorite uniforms of all time. What are you talking about? You should look it up. The Savannah Banana kilt uniforms. Those are pretty cool, man. Oh, oh I've seen them, and they're a disgrace to baseball. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> not, not the not the team themselves, just those uniforms. Whatever. All right. Well, we're gonna move on. This next topic just has Dom in it, so everybody say goodbye to David for a little bit. I think he might join us in the double take segment later on. But we're going to move on to our next topic here. We're going to talk about the Walmart family. Yo, let's talk about them having some money. Because they bought the Denver Broncos for $4.5 billion. Let me say that again. $4.5 billion. The Denver Broncos. Interesting. My first thing is, are the Denver Broncos worth $4.5 billion? And then the second thing is, do we think the Walmart family is going to be a good owner? Are they going to do good things in the NFL? I mean, clearly they got the bankroll, so... I don't think we have to worry about them spending money. But what do you think, Dom? I mean, it's tough. So I, I think with with regards to them being worth $4.5 billion, I mean, the, the Cowboys are estimated to be valued at about $6.5 billion. So the Broncos being about $2 billion under that, I guess pretty reasonable. Maybe they overpaid a little bit. But, I mean, even if they did overpay right now, I mean, I don't see them – not being owners of the team for a while. So eventually they're going to be worth more than what they paid for. 
if they own the team for more than two years. I mean, the valuations of these NFL teams is just going through the roof every year. So, I mean, even if they overpaid now, the future value of this team is going to be way more than what they paid. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I I think the Cowboys are just valued that just because of the brand name, honestly. But, I mean – Well, I mean, that, that also goes to include, like, all the assets that the team owns. So, you got the stadium. You got their, you know, it just – absolutely ridiculous practice facility and any anything that's owned under the Cowboys name goes into that yeah yeah I mean 4.5 billion dollars sounds like a lot of money but I mean that's probably pretty on par for the majority of NFL franchises um you know like like you said even if even if they overpaid by a billion dollars they're they're gonna make that money back eventually what do you think about you know did you comment on on how good of an owner you thought they would be or are you kind of indifferent right now I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll be good owners. I, I don't know, like, their football knowledge, so I, I have a feeling they're just looking at this as an investment, so I feel like they're going to be hands-off owners and just be the pocketbook and let, you know, the GM and everyone else that they hire run the team and, like, run the day-to-day operations. They're just signing the checks. So, I mean, in, in that case, yeah, they'll, they'll be good owners because they're the wealthiest family in America, so money's not, not, really, a, not really a a thing for them to worry about. No, I mean, $4.5 billion was probably just some pocket change. They were like, yo, how, how can we waste $4.5 billion today? They can probably lose $4.5 billion and not even notice. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick, I know that I'm not supposed to be a part of this little segment, yeah, but I do know that the two, I want to say cheapest teams, but the, the cheapest teams to buy for like those who can afford it are the Bengals and the Bills. The Bills? So, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't really surprise me because the Bengals don't even have an outdoor practice facility right now. No, no, no. They have an outdoor one. They don't have an indoor one. <laughs> they don't have an indoor practice facility. Oh. I, I, did, I did hear that they're planning on building one, but you know, it might be a little too late. Yeah, but that's that's like when somebody's like, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to plan on building one in 2037. <laughs> no, I, I think they realize, oh, we actually have a team that can be competitive and potentially win a championship. Now the owner's like, oh, maybe I'll actually throw some money into this organization. Makes sense. So, shout out to my David explains on the Cincinnati Bengals because I do mention that. So, yeah. Anyway, um, well, unfortunately, I don't think John's going to be able to join us. I think he was having some uh, connectivity issues. It's been it's been a real crazy couple of weeks here. I think last week I had some connectivity issues. And- so, but the topic we all just than, suck with technology. Let's just be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all just we're all awful at it. So, <laughs> but the topic we, John and I were going to kind of go over. Um, there was a video I saw a couple weeks ago of Mike Tyson giving Francis Naganu some pointers on boxing. And if you guys know anything about the UFC, Francis Naganu is probably one of the hardest hitting dudes right now in the UFC and maybe ever. And he's just he's a skilled guy. I don't think anybody really wants to get in the ring with him unless they're crazy. But, you know, especially Mike Tyson showing him how to throw some power punches. John and I were going to kind of, you know, comment on how dangerous we thought that would make him in the octagon. And, you know, personally, I think that that would make him crazy dangerous, especially having that boxing background. And then if, if he wanted to move over to boxing, I think he'd instantaneously be one of the better heavyweights out there. So let us know at home what you guys think about that. It's definitely interesting. I don't know if he's going to, you know, Mike Tyson's probably not going to train him maybe, but, you know, just giving them some pointers and helping him out. Definitely probably will uh, change the way that he's able to, uh, you know, play the game. So, but to finish off this episode, we're going to finish it off with our famous double take segment here. And in this one, basically you guys get two 
things that you want to say, we'll go, uh, we'll go around and do our first thing and then go around and end on our second thing. And you can say anything that you want. Um, you know, let us know at home what you guys think about it. And then let us know what your, uh, you know, two things that you guys want to let us know about. So it could be anything, comment down below. So we'll go ahead and uh, start with David, Dom, me, and then we'll go around one more time after that. So for me, I'll just have one to do. So I just wanted to bring something up. It's referring back to the Steph Curry, whether or not we put him into the, uh, the greatest of all time conversation. And honestly, I don't think that we do, mainly because the other three guys have done so much for the league, just in general, that I don't know if anyone else ever puts him into that conversation because of how much those three have done. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Dom, what's your first thing? So if you don't know, the 2026 World Cup is going to be in North America, split between the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. And they just announced the, um, the cities that are going to be hosting games. We are starting in the U.S., so they got Seattle, San Francisco, L.A. Kansas City, I thought, was an interesting choice, um, but they're going to be hosting games. Then you got Dallas, Atlanta, Houston, Boston, Philly, Miami, then New York, New Jersey. Um, Mexico has three cities, Guadalajara, Monterey, and Mexico City. And then Canada has um, Toronto and Vancouver. But uh, I was looking through the list, and there, there were a couple cities in the U.S. that, that really surprised me. Um, Kansas City, as I mentioned, being one. Um, and then Boston kind of being one. I don't really know where they would host any of the games unless they go down to Foxborough, which is – not really close to Boston, but mm-hmm. which I think is what they were doing was Gillette. Yeah, I mean that, that would make the most sense, but hmm. this is kind of weird because I mean I know I know here in Columbus, you know they built that they built that freaking beautiful state of the art stadium there, and they they played a bunch of like um oh uh, like Olympic qualifying games and stuff there. So I'm kind of yeah, surprised that those, they didn't. Those are just qualifying games, though. When you get to the actual World Cup games. The, as nice as the crew stadium is, and don't get me wrong, that's a beautiful stadium. It's just not big enough to hold a crowd for a World Cup game. I mean, it holds almost 20,000 people. Yeah, uh, but... For a World Cup game, you're going to need 50, 60 at least. Yeah. So, what is, I mean, Kansas City, I guess they, they'd put it in, what, Chief Stadium there? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. If they would have chose Columbus, it would have been at the shoe. I mean, that's mm-hmm. still not a bad destination. So, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. That's definitely interesting. You're going to need either a college football stadium or an NFL stadium just to fit mm-hmm. the proper amount of teams or not the proper amount of teams, the proper amount of fans just to, yeah. okay. to get the most amount of money out of it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I guess my first thing is going to be, I'm going to go a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to go to the, uh, I think David was talking about basketball. I'm going to talk about the the finals as well. You know, a lot of people, um, are kind of hoping for, you know, I think the Celtics to win and the Warriors not to win because they don't, they don't want to have to see the Warriors win anymore. But uh, my prediction for it is they're either going to win tonight or it's going to be Warriors in seven. I do think the Warriors get it done. Um, I like the Celtics. I like Jason Tatum, but I just think they're a little bit young, a little bit inexperienced. And uh, I think Steph Curry is going to, going to carry them to another championship. Um, unfortunately, I don't think a lot of us want to see that, but he, he is a good player, and I think when he's all said and done, he'll be considered top 20. So, I mean, honestly, I'd rather have the Warriors win than the Celtics. I'm sorry. 
I'm so annoyed by by Boston sports fans. Sorry, Greg, but Greg's the only Boston sports sports fan that I can really tolerate. Every everyone else that they're just they can be insufferable at times. All right. Well, I think David's uh, going to skip his second thing. So, Dom, what's your second thing? You know what? I want to give a quick shout out to the Cleveland Guardians. This team came into the season with one of the lowest payrolls in all of baseball. And then right now they just swept the Rockies. They're what four or five games above 500, two games out of second place. And I want to say only half a game back in one of the wild card spots there. I don't know what's in what's going on with this team right now. Either Terry Francona is the best manager in baseball or this team is just amazing at developing young talent because you look at this lineup and it's, there's a quite a few rookies in this lineup right now. And this team is looking really good. And I'm really, really excited what the future has to hold for this team. Cause I think this team can re- really be going places in the next couple. Yeah. I mean, future for the next, you know, four years until they sell off all these guys and then, then restart. They, years. No, Jose, <laughs> they, they just extended Jose Ramirez to a big deal. And then all the rookies, they have them for at least six to seven years, and they usually sign them to extensions, you know, at least one extension before they trade them. All right. Well, let's let's hope they spend the money. I mean, we've seen the Reds not do that, and and that's just kind of sad. I think here in Ohio, we deserve to have, you know, really, really good productive sports teams. And I think, you know, for a long time, baseball has kind of lacked a little bit. I know, I know the, you know, what they were, the Indians and now the Guardians, you know, they had that run, what was it, a couple years ago. Um, they had like that five, six year run where they were really, really solid and dominant. Um, and then they kind of reset for a couple of years. But, you know, we deserve that as fans. Yeah, I hope that stays the same. I hope that they and if it was, they've always been good at developing talent and bring it up. They just they just never wanted to pay them until now. So, it's so they, they've, they've always been really good at developing pitching talent, um, developing pro- like on the field, developing hitters has not really been their strong suit. But a lot of the, the rookies now that they've developed are looking really good. There you go. And every day that passes, I think that that Lindor trade is looking better and better for us. Well, my uh, my second thing here, my last thing for this episode, um, I think I'm gonna you know piss off the the Browns fans here, but with everything that's happened with Deshaun Watson, this is my prediction. I think at the very least, he doesn't take a snap this year, and I think there's a possibility that we never see him take a snap in a Browns uniform in the regular season or the postseason just because of everything that's happened. So that's, that's going to be my final thing. I know that sounds a little bit dramatic because I know he has like what a five-year deal or four-year deal or something like that. But, you know, I think they paid him all that money and I don't think they're going to see him that much if at all. So that's my last thing. But other than that, if you guys don't have anything to add, we're going to go ahead and end it here. Congratulations on getting a house. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a, it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy year. We got some, we got, I got married and went on honeymoon, got some new cars, got a house. So, so for those who were wondering who was still editing episodes, for those who are wondering who was editing episodes, that was me. (laughs) Yeah. So if they suck, that was David's fault. So (laughs) don't worry, your boy is back. So uh, we'll make sure those get edited properly. Um. (laughs) Back to our usual quality content. Yes, 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 yes. No, I'm kidding. Um, You did a good job. But other than that, it is good to be back. You know, I'm sorry I was gone for so long, but, you know, like I said, I went on a honeymoon and I needed a little time to recharge. So, but we're back and ready to go and uh, excited to bring you this new show going forward. We're just going to kind of have fun with it and, uh, and that'll be that. But again, thank you guys. Thank you to everyone who's listening. Make sure you comment, 
down below and let us know what you thought about this episode and the little questions that I had throughout it. But other than that, this was the first ever episode of Let's Talk Sports presented by Deep Dive Sports. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to another Deep Dive Sports show. Make sure to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow our YouTube channel for more amazing content. Lastly, make sure you leave us a comment. We love hearing what you have to say. And as always, until next time, Deep Dive Sports listeners.